This is Outside the Boxes, where we explore the labels, boxes and stereotypes that we're all forced into. Welcome to Outside the Boxes. Hope you had a chance to listen to our previous episode, which was all about misogyny and patriarchy and how sexism can be harmful to men and boys as well. So in this episode, I want to talk about feminist parenting. The conversation around feminist parenting is constantly evolving, particularly in the current climate with Trump as president, as the hashtag MeToo movement takes momentum, and as we talk more openly about gender pay gap. But we are now even moving away from raising our children to be gender-defying and breaking gender stereotypes. Now we are having conversations with our children about what gender really means, and how we can redefine gender. I run a Facebook group called Raising Feminists. So if you're not part of that yet, go and check it out. Um, we are having some interesting conversations there. It's beginning to grow into a thriving community of parents and socially conscious and responsible parents who are discussing issues and concerns around raising children to be gender equal, both boys and girls. And I uh, have just launched a feminist parenting course as well. I strongly believe that the struggle for equality starts at home and we have to start this from a young age. But I also think from my own experience and I know that that it's very difficult to broach sometimes what might seem like quite complex subjects with a 2 or 3 year old. How do we do this? How do I tell my 2 year old girl that she shouldn't just choose to dress up as a nurse or a princess at nursery because maybe that's a feminist issue? Or is it it's something that i was recently grappling with my first reaction was why did my children choose to just dress up as nurse or princess on a regular basis is this something because they're getting these messages from other children and from people around them is it something that i have said is it something that they're not seeing enough role models or is it something that just they like it and they want to do that how do i allow and enable my children to exercise their free will and make their own choices while making sure they understand that their choices are unencumbered by the gender expectations around them how much of their choices are informed and influenced by the messages they get from the books media people their friends around them and how much of it is really just because they like something and they are beginning to form their own self and identity how can i teach my 3 year old patriarchy and sexism in a way that makes sense to them and just it's not just at young age but as they grow older they want to conform sometimes to what they see around them this peer pressure especially at teenage it becomes quite a tricky issue i faced this with my eldest as well and so this is why i think it's really important to think about how we model these behaviors how our implicit biases and our social and cultural conditioning might be shaping our views as a parent and what kind of views we enforce at home and how we broach these subjects with our children as well things that we might sometimes say as often comments can have a huge impact as well and this is why this feminist parenting course if you haven't checked it out i will leave a link in the show notes the registrations open until the end of this month and i will talk a little bit about it towards the end of this recording podcast as well actually i'm not a parenting expert and i don't like the word term expert in any way mental health expert parenting expert 
we are no none of us are experts really be far from it and my children will probably vouch for that i'm learning every day and i'm here to share my experiences and story because i strongly believe that we need more diverse stories of feminism and of parenting as well and sometimes what we see in the media are just one kind of people talking about feminism one kind of people talking about their parenting experiences I have 3 girls and I grew up as one of 3 sisters so much of what I know and have experienced is from that perspective alone from my experience of parenting but for growing up in two different countries multicultural upbringing and multicultural living I think being a global citizen and it has shaped my experiences as well I won't usually start with my story but I think that it matters here I grew up in India in a relatively homogeneous society We didn't have much television but I do out any in it plighton books when I could find them in my small school library or catch any shows from the BBC. I also used to love Star Trek. I used to wait desperately for every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Television was quite limited, especially the shows, the kind of shows I really wanted to watch. In the age of Netflix and on demand and the internet, that almost seems ancient and I know who would take me to be a Trekkie. And yes, now when we look at the women in Star Trek, we talk about the sexism and the ultra-feminine entity that was imposed on them through the tasks they did, the roles that were assigned to them and the ways they were dressed. But the show was set in 1960s and these women were out there leading starships, commanding expeditions and not just cleaning and cooking. These were not the women of my world in the 80s in India. They were making a difference. And it was really important for me to see And yes, I did used to wonder how amazing it would be to have a woman captain of the Enterprise. But at the same time, it was my window into a world that had people different to me, who looked different and who spoke differently and who had completely different rules and regulations to what they could do. It was really empowering for me. For me, it was to boldly go where no woman has gone before. <laughs> so India was very much a patriarchal society. when my parents have talked about it they told anybody they have three daughters people would shake their heads and throw plenty of pity their way who wouldn't want a daughter let alone three daughters were a burden daughters had to be married off with a huge dowry and daughters never stayed in the parents home and looked after them when they were older so sons were worshiped and i've talked about it in the previous episode a little bit as it's surprising every ritual every festival celebrate the men in the family My parents never made any of us feel any less. My mother wanted daughters and my father's too. Even after many years, people still talked about how he went around distributing sweets in the hospital when his third daughter was born. People expected him to be depressed, sad, despondent. And there's my mom. What can I say? I'd only seen her as someone who looked after us, looked after the house, never complained, wasn't financially independent. But I also knew that her own mother had died when she was just 13 years old. She had gone on a hunger strike when she was only 17 because she wasn't allowed to go to university. So in that way, she was the first one actually to go to university. She was soft-spoken. She still is. I've never heard her raise her voice. And in some ways, I grew up equating it to timidity and passiveness. But now that I look back and find out more of her stories, she has shown me that strength and feminism comes in different shapes and forms there isn't just one way to be a feminist that struggle can take so many different forms and this is why it is so important for me to take an intersectional view of feminism as i bring up my own three girls and in my own practice 
So I grew up seeing these different kinds of women around me and all the times were changing. Girls were still being prepared only for marriage. Yes, they could go to university, they could study, but mostly it was because they were it made them more eligible to uh, for marriage. They could get a better husband. And men and boys had a certain privilege. They occupied this space and place in society that I grew up resenting. I wanted that space. For me feminism wasn't something I was aware of growing up. It isn't a word that I was familiar with. It isn't a word that I was hearing around me or reading about. I didn't realize that when my mother fought with everyone to demand her right to be educated in a small village in India, she was beginning her journey as a feminist. I didn't know then that when my when my father fasted alongside my mother, as she stubbornly fasted for his long life, her traditions so deeply ingrained in her that he was being a feminist. This is a festival called Karvachauth in India where traditionally wives women have fasted all day often without water for praying for the long lives of their husbands and my father since i was young he would tell my mom not to do that but he had these in traditions she's deeply religious and spiritual and he would say that he would fast alongside with her and it created quite a ruckus to be honest but i didn't realize that it was a sign a symbol that he wanted gender parity in some way but i saw these and i learned that my parents were sending me the message that we men and women were equal my mom told me stories of powerful women indian goddesses and those who led the way in the indian independence struggle against the british but the messages that i got around me from media from the other women in my family and from films was that women were not as good or as worthy as men they had a different role and they could not choose the life that they wanted so the messages that i got were indian women do not raise their voices indian women respect their husbands they fast for their long lives they touch their feet they eat after their husbands have eaten girls grow up celebrating rakshabandhan a festival where the brother promises to protect and look after them if you don't have brothers who would look after you women are supposed to be nice accommodating make sacrifices i look around me now and these messages have certain messages have not changed i was watching i'm not an easy man man on netflix it shows the misogyny that exists at every level in our lives clothes toys colors prints fabrics everything is so gendered i feel angry and desperately sad at times this is 2019 language matters and words matter we really need to be aware of our unconscious biases our implicit biases our cultural and social conditioning that's so deeply ingrained within all of us so girls do not need to be liked this is the message that i like giving to and i've learned over the years and it, it took me a while to actually realize and acknowledge the message that is that i had actually absorbed and accepted and i i realize and this is the message that i want to give to my own girls as well that girls do not need to be liked all the time they do not need to smile all the time girls can be bossy outspoken angry passionate loud stubborn ambitious ruthless if she wants to be this does not make her masculine this whole idea of masculine and feminine traits that i touched upon in my last episode of outside the boxes is something that i deeply resent and i'm strictly against as well women are like men human they're flawed they make mistakes and they get angry i want my girls to know that a man in their lives any man does not allow them to be successful he can support he can enable but he does not allow 
I do not need anyone's permission to grow and evolve. Women, women do not need higher or different moral standards. Women are not special. Race is also intertwined in feminism for me. Both are about acknowledging differences rather than ignoring them, but then saying that everyone is equal despite our differences. Our differences make us unique, not unequal. Feminism in every day, on social media and even in sociological research is framed around the lives of white middle class women. All women are not the same. Class and race matters. Multiracial feminism examines how women can simultaneously experience themselves as gendered, raised, classed and sexualized. Intersecting hierarchies can both oppress and privilege the same person. For example, I'm privileged by my class and sexuality, by my education, by being a straight woman, but oppressed by my race and gender. A white lesbian woman can be privileged by her race, by oppressed by her gender and sexuality. It's not about seeing everyone the same, but as equal. So what am I saying? Just that as we bring our girls up to be self-aware and confident and conscious and proud of their uniqueness, my job is also to empower them to trust their own choices. I supply them with knowledge and tools and then I have to trust them too. I'm learning every day. My eldest rejected all notions of feminism during her early teens. She just wanted to fit in. Peer pressure is a big thing. And I despaired and I felt dejected. But I persevered because I knew that she was watching and she was listening in even when she pretended not to. Today she teaches me so much about intersectionality. She was one of the youngest independent newspaper um, named as Groundbreaking Women of 2018 and one of the nine women to watch at St. John's in Cambridge, Cambridge University last year. She stands up for what she believes in and is not afraid to speak her mind. Unfortunately, she is still called intimidating. But it took her a long time to get there, a while, to be comfortable in her own skin, to stand up for what she believes in. So I do think that caregivers have the most influence. Feminism looks different for different people, but the basic principles remain the same. Equality, kindness, compassion. It's all about modeling self-respect. It's all about admiration for differences and respect for own differences, similarities and identity. Language matters. It really takes a commitment from the moment a child is born. My husband, for instance, has to examine his own white male privilege every single day as he navigates the feminist family philosophy. There are things that he takes for granted that he has seen in his family, in the roles that his mother and father inhabited, and he has had to question them. But I think we can model these behaviors and set an example for our children as we try and bring them as gender equal, as gender neutral, believing in equality, being empowered, girls to be empowered, boys to be sensitive, boys to be empathetic, to recognize their own privilege and their injustice around them. It is okay to make our children aware of the injustice around them and how their privilege affords them the position in society, but also how other things can oppress them, how other things can are unfair in the world. Sometimes it's our natural tendency and inclination to protect our children from what we think is ugly around the world. And I've written in Huffington Post about how we raise race-conscious children, and this is something that's really really important to me, how we bring diversity and the discussion around race and intersectionality into our lives. But it's also about modeling these feminist philosophies as a parent, as well as I said, 
And this is why I run this Facebook group called Feminist Parenting and Raising Feminist because how do we actually bring up our children in such a gendered world? Our class and our context and our position in society matters as well. And our implicit biases as a parent, the things that we have grown up with, things that are so deeply ingrained within us that we sometimes often don't realize and we take them for granted. And we don't realize these kind of social and cultural conditioning that have shaped us and that ultimately shapes our parenting as well. And so that's why this course, Feminist Parenting, that I was mentioning earlier, is something, it's kind of a really passion project. It's a personal project for me. And I've distilled all my experience and knowledge into it, bringing up my eldest and now raising my three-year-old twins, all my studies and research in gender studies and in feminism and uh, women of color as somebody who has navigated different worlds, which I have written about. I'm almost British, but not not very Indian. As growing up in India in a patriarchal society and then coming here and seeing, still seeing this everyday sexism and misogyny targeted towards me because I am an immigrant. I was an immigrant. And as a woman, as a young woman in STEM in an engineering department, And so those are the things that have kind of distilled into it. And my philosophy over the years, whether I've called it feminist parenting or not. Today, I in the in the group and also talking to other parents. And while I run these sexism and equality workshops in schools, I realize that children very young, even as young as six or seven, begin to take these messages on board. And so when I run these workshops, for example, for year three students, There are boys who say girls do not play football. Boys are better at football because they do not see these messages around them. Boys are better at maths. Girls start believing from a young age that they're not as good at maths and science because that's the message they're getting. So how do we overturn these things? And there's one thing about believing it ourselves. But how do we model these behaviors? Because sometimes we fall back into our traditional roles. Motherhood is ultimately falling back into our traditional roles. And so... If, if there is an inequality at home, if we as parents, whatever our family structure might be, if we are not modeling these behaviors, how can we give this message to our children? And then it's very difficult to bring others on board. How do I bring my, my in-laws on board, my the, the grandparents, the uncles, the aunts, all the other um, family members on board to make sure that they understand and they do not give out these messages to my children that they are any better or any less than the other because just because of their gender or they, that they have to behave in a certain way because of their gender. So how do we do all this? Um, and so this Feminist Parenting course, it's open and I'll add the link into the show notes. And I am offering a 15% discount with the code FEMPARENT, F-E-M-P-A-R-E-N-T, for the first 20 places on the course. And there are a few places still left, I believe. Um, with this code so you're welcome to take that as somebody who's managed to listen to the whole episode here of my podcast if you like this podcast please do share it please it's still very new and we're still finding a feed but I hope to extend the discussion around how we can break these stereotype boxes not just gender but other boxes and labels that we see around us as well how we can step outside the boxes how we can step outside the comfort zone so you're yeah, coming back to the feminist parenting course. It will be a hands-on course. It will. It's something you can find more information in the link. But I will be. It be a dedicated Facebook group. You can work at it your at your own pace as well. And it is something that building a supportive community. But I hope to bring in more information, raise question, but also answer individual uh, concerns as well. So 
feel free to ask if you have any questions and thank you for listening keep listening and i hope to speak to you soon thank you for listening to outside the boxes please check out the feminist parenting course with the link in the show notes or by searching for raising feminist children course in google Sign up using the exclusive code FEMPARENT, F-E-M-P-A-R-E-N-T, for a discount.